Warning. This series has depictions of gendered violence and some coarse language. Please use your discretion when listening. This podcast is for educational purposes only and does not replace medical advice. Visit ilovew.ca today and click through the show notes to find resources, citations, and learn more about the amazing guests you have already met in this series. I'm Laura, and this is I Love You. had to grieve grieve that person in some kind of way absolutely that was probably the hardest part was realizing he he took my life for me he took who I was and those moments feel angry or saddened that you've lost that angry angry it's there's not a lot i i found that through the whole thing um and all of the injustice that i've had to swallow i've i've had to do a lot of just sucking that up this is the way it is you know look forward in life and this and that but those are the moments where where it hits me um because in in every other way i can move on but because of the brain injury, um, those are the moments that I can't. I spent seven and a half years going to university for the purpose of getting an executive position that now I don't feel I can do because I don't, I have the capability, but I don't have the capacity. When I start to get self-conscious or if I, uh, you know, if I feel like I'm losing my words or something, um, I will say, oh, you know, please be patient with me because I have a brain injury. And they go, oh, well, I would have never known. Mm -hmm. And that is, that's the thing. No one knows where for the rest of my life, every day, when I get up, I don't know how much I'm going to be able to do that day. And everything is a struggle. And this was the first time, like my most recent one, when I actually was in a safe enough space to recognize my recovery. Episode 8, A Constant Buzzing. The women who have been our leaders in this season help us understand brain injury symptoms alongside Lynn Hogg. In my work on a neurosciences program, we would call them the walking wounded, an old vestige of war. These are the soldiers that don't need immediate attention. In the brain injury world, it means it appears nothing is wrong, but we know significant injury could lay beneath the surface. I'm Laura, and this is I Love You. Technical definition that most of us are using these days has to do with um, any alteration of uh, brain function or loss of consciousness, um, but a loss of consciousness is not required. So you don't need to black out in order for there to be a brain injury that occurs. Um, there are various types of brain injury in the sense that you can have what we call a traumatic brain injury or a non-traumatic brain injury. And a traumatic brain injury is caused by a blow to the head or an external force of some kind. So a hit to the head, 
shaking can cause the same thing. Um, if you're in a car accident or you fall down and you strike your head, although you don't require a physical blow or um, uh, you don't need something to strike your head in order for you to get a head injury, mm. um, the motion of the fall itself can be enough through that sort of whiplash motion. So if you think about snapping your head forward and backward quickly, that can cause an injury to the brain itself um, without any sort of external hit to the head taking place. Um, lack of oxygen can cause a brain injury, although that tends to fall into its own category called um, hypoxic anoxic injury to the brain. Um, and that is, again, relevant to the group of women that I work with in, in the case of strangulation, but it's separate from what we call a traumatic brain injury. Brain injury definitions have changed over time. We have learned clearly that a loss of consciousness is not required to have incurred a brain injury. This is learning that is relatively new and groundbreaking, and now encapsulates and embraces more possible concussive events. How do you find your um, the symptoms of your brain injury in your daily life? Well, I was um, previously very organized, very um, accurate, on top of everything. And then I found myself struggling to stay awake, to remember what somebody just told me, to, you know, maintain the quality of work that I had been come to be known for. You know, it... I can absolutely see the demise now. But at that point, I just thought, oh, you're not getting enough sleep. Oh, you're, you know, you just have another migraine. Have this. It's, it was always my, my doing. It was April 2017 when I had an accident where I got hit with a baseball in the head. And um, I never recovered from that However, with all of your brain trauma from the past, right? You're just he—he he didn't know if I was ever going to recover. What this survivor is describing is the compound nature of brain injury. One blow may leave you with, say, 5% damage, but the next, even if equal to the first, may result in increasing increments and additional percent damage, till it tips the balance. Lynn Hogg of Wilfrid Laurier has her work cut out for her as she travels where possible for speaking engagements to educate and spread her research findings. She knows this topic is going to affect any audience she speaks with. When I teach in a classroom, I'm really, I'm really careful. Um, mm -hmm. And and still, you know, I have students who come after class and say, wow, you know, this is this is important to me on this level or or I, you know, I really hear what you're saying on that level. And and it's always difficult in a room of survivors of intimate partner violence to talk about traumatic brain injury because often they will say, well, that's what happened to me. What do you think mm -hmm. this could be? And I think what's important to remember, um, you know, it's life after brain injury is is doable. It can be positive. It's 
it's not, it doesn't have to be the end of anything. But what is incredibly debilitating is not understanding what's happening for you and why, and not having any access to supports and accommodations. When they know and are educated, they can understand and get help. Well, for, for us, I, 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 one of the areas that I'm, I, I get excited about and I feel really happy about is when women realize that, for example, I talked about anger. Women realize that the anger that they're feeling um, is not because you know I'm being difficult and combative. It's because I got a, I had a brain injury. Mm-hmm. And for frontline workers, again, who see women to understand that she's not you know, trying to defy you or ruin your day, she's not being combative, she possibly has a brain injury. The survivor knew that the best chance for her recovery was some semblance of normalcy. She knew that very early on. Couldn't be in light for longer than a few minutes, you know. Um, but I, I was itching to get a piece of myself back, some normalcy. And, and so the greater thing was that even when my doctor was suggesting long-term disability for me, I knew that, that I would spiral if I took that. And I just couldn't, I'm like, I'm, I'm going to just spiral into despair and I'm going to get stuck. And so for me, I needed to get back into work. And so I would, I would parachute into random meetings and, um, and, and help with decision-making on, on certain things. And, and, um, I remember uh, like the, they, the, the accommodations at work, they turned off the lights, they moved my desk and turned off the lights for me. Um, I worked part-time for the first six weeks that I came back. I, I worked part-time on an ad hoc basis, I'm a manager position. And they, they, they supported me in that. One of the biggest ones was work because like I said, I'm, I'm one who, um, a big part of who I am is, is, is what I do. I really love what I do. And, um, and I, I love my team at work. Um, and um, so my reintegration into work was was a huge part of what helped me recover. So I took six weeks off where I just I was useless. Um, so I, I never knew in a day, could I be there at all that day? Could I be there for two hours? Could I be there for four hours? They didn't care. I just put it in as sick time. At one point, I had one of my executives even said, if you need, if you don't have enough sick time, I will give you some of mine. I can do that. Oh, my God. It was amazing. (laughs) And my staff were so supportive. I, uh, I remember having to have meetings I would sometimes turn out the lights and I remember <laughs> one in the dark we were it's literally there wasn't even there wasn't even a mirror a window and we yeah. were in the pitch dark and they pitch used dark. their phones to light their <laughs> their funny. pads of paper so they could take notes but the fact that they that they worked with me and they let me do that and they never made a fuss out of any of that the fact yeah. that I would sit there like some Hollywood they, they teased me and called me Hollywood a couple of times to make me feel better um with my big sunglasses you know her work ended up being her ally she knew in that space that she was safe she could unveil just enough about what happened to her for them to provide her supports and accommodations and even more so because in in those days i was still having i don't i don't know if they were disassociation moments or or flashbacks from from the ptsd but um if i got into one i i had a hard time getting out and uh, I needed uh, someone to help me. So I explained these to uh, the couple of the ladies who were on my team. And uh, we had a system. If they heard me banging 
on my desk. It was because I was having a flashback and they needed to come over and talk to me about anything, anything positive, just keep talking. And it would draw me out of that, that oh flashback. My God. It was, it was really amazing. It was, they were really, they were really amazing. Even though her work is accommodating and amazing, her symptoms on some days can be debilitating and intrusive. I have um, a lot of spinning, a lot of um, the visual, I get these weird visuals where it's it's not quite a hallucination, but everything looks normal, but it's not normal. Mm-hmm. It's hard to describe. It's like it's completely distorted. Distorted. I get a lot more nauseated. I sometimes can't get off the floor. Um, it's, it's now they're bad enough um, that um, I have a prescription now for them. Um, I've been told that this, this happens with people with concussions sometimes mm-hmm. and maybe over time it'll get better. Maybe it won't. Um, sadly, um, you know, this is a big part of the, so at work, they've been pushing me a lot to go for an executive position, but this is part of the reason why I haven't because, um, it's, it's really the, the other than wanting to be there for my daughter as a, as a sole care uh, provider for the most part, I, he does have some access now. Um, I, I wouldn't, as, a, as an executive right now, I could have a migraine that will floor me for a week and there's nothing I can do. I had one um, about two months ago and I was feeling better on the second day and I thought I'll try to go into the office and I got partway to work on my commute and had to pull over. This is a part of brain injury that is so misunderstood. The exhaustion, the neural pathways that used to be a superhighway now trundle down a dirt rocky path in twice as much time. It is exhausting, but this survivor is a mother and she had no option but to plow forward. In a way, um, I mean, there were two key things. There were a lot of key things to my, to, you know, recovering for me, but, but she was one of the huge ones, like, because in those early days I could have very easily just crumbled. Um, but I, I didn't have the luxury of that. I, I had to get myself going and get better and get us established somewhere to live. I had to do that for my daughter. She was a huge part of my drive. Um, I remember in that first week, like I'd, we were staying at, uh, at my, my stepmom and my dad's and I was terrified to go out the, out the door, but I couldn't just keep her inside all day. She was going crazy. So I'd take her to the park and I'd be there in my sunglasses. And after 20 minutes in the sunshine, I was ready to to throw up everywhere because of the concussion, but you know, you just do it for, for whatever you can. And I ended up after a week, I was pushing myself too much trying to take care of her. And they, not to say my dad and stepmom weren't, weren't helping, but they didn't understand how hard it was with the concussion. I don't mm-hmm. think I understood just what I was going through and it reared its ugly head after about a week. It was Easter Sunday and, and my mind, my brain, it was, it was literally just spinning and spinning and spinning. And after a couple of hours, my my dad convinced me to go back to the hospital. A delicate balance of moving forward while still honoring the repair that your brain is trying to accomplish. No matter what the severity of your injury, this balance is key in recovery. We have a mild, moderate, and severe classification, but those don't have anything to do with the level of injury or the level of, of damage post-injury. So a mild injury can have a severe impact on somebody's life. Um, Concussion falls into the mild injury category. And the easiest way for people to think about it is all concussions are a form of mild brain injury, but not all mild brain injury are concussions. 
So it's just a matter of sort of concussion is a type of mild injury, but it's not the only kind Um, where what sorts of things are affected and what might not be and just how diffuse um, both the injury and the repercussions are. So in a traumatic injury, you often get a sort of a sprinkling of, of injury sites across and around the brain. Whereas in a stroke, you might get a much more um, tight pattern of injury. So you have one area of the brain that's affected or, or you have one cluster of, of symptoms post-injury. Whereas with a traumatic injury, it really tends to be more diffuse, harder to find, harder to see on a scan, and a much more broad range of challenges post-injury. Having worked in brain injury for so many years, I know all too well that someone can have a scan that looks like a seriously injured brain, yet seemingly the person looks unaffected, or vice versa, a small area of damage with profound effect. Listen to this survivor detail her post-concussion symptoms and effects, and also illustrates the subtle differences between traumatic brain injury and psychological trauma, and how one could be confused for the other. Because I can't see on the right side, I keep bumping into people, and it really bothered me a lot in the beginning, and I'd say, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, and I was constantly apologizing. Now I, if, or if I'm standing in someone's way and I don't realize they're there, I, instead of apologizing, I look at them and I compliment them and I say, thank you for being so patient waiting for me. You know, I just find some way to compliment that person and thank them. Um, that a a lot of people, um, and they have all good intentions, the best of intentions. When I start to get self-conscious or if I, uh, you know, if I feel like I'm losing my words or something, um, I will say, oh, you know, please be patient with me because I have a brain injury. And, some, and they go, oh, well, I would have never known. Mm-hmm. And that is, that's the thing. No one knows where for the rest of my life, every day, when I get up, I don't know how much I'm going to be able to do that day. And everything is a struggle. Walking. I didn't even realize it. My mind, my brain is getting tired from keeping my balance, from fig- figuring where I am in space, because I have some spatial uh, issues, um, searching for words and um, c- keeping my thoughts. And, and, you know, like it's just you and I, and you're resting quite a bit and giving me time to to say that, to say what I'm trying to say, but in a normal, with a conversation Mm -hmm. with maybe more than one person, there's so, there's different talking, did it, there's maybe, then I may not be able to continue the conversation because I can't even remember what I was talking about Mm -hmm. and I can't remember the words and then I just give up. (laughs) But it, but it's all the, it's all the work, even though we look normal, and I probably shouldn't use the word normal because I guess I, I think I'm still trying to find normal and I'm going to have a new normal, I suppose. But you're, I'm trying so hard to be what I exactly like what I was before. It's exhausting. Everything is so much effort. A simple task can feel like a marathon and it's hard to stay positive. It's natural to feel frustrated with your new normal. It's hard on your family too, because even though my daughter is very understanding 
and and uh, educated and really is is really pretty amazing in her awareness of everything in the world. Really, um, she at times she goes, "Mom, I remember I already told you this," and I said, "And I forgot." And yeah. and and she has gotten upset with me. I mean, she actually one day she only did this once. Um, she I think it all just because I've been I was a I worked always worked two and three jobs. I raised my two children by myself. I put myself through school. Um, at soccer, at swim, at the horse, uh, at the barn, at the horse shows. I was going all the time. My whole life was my my children. I I, mm-hmm. I could do it all. Go go and, go. Yeah, and now um, I can't remember what she told me five minutes ago or yesterday. Or and um, she got so upset that she just had a meltdown. She goes, she almost like victim blaming. She goes, you chose this and now you're like this. And and, and she just got, she was so, the, she let all her, it, because it, you, it is a loss. It's like any, it's like a death. It's yeah. a death that her mother that she knew, even though is not here anymore. And, um, she was having a hard time, um, accepting it. And, you know, I get it cause I have a hard time accepting it, mm-hmm. but she, um, she's never going to have that mom back. Brain injury happens to the whole family. The grief and resulting trauma is no different. It is shared and ripples out and touches those close to you. Many survivors lose social capital because the symptoms are so hard to understand. There are three main groups of um, challenges that we expect to see after um, a traumatic brain injury, and that would include a concussion, a concussion injury, um, depending on how long symptoms stick around. In many cases, in most cases of concussion, you can expect full recovery. As time goes on and symptoms become more ingrained, then you start to wonder, you know, you start starting to look at a, an injury that has more permanent challenges associated with it. And we've got sort of three three main groups. One is cognitive challenges. So um, that usually affects things like decision-making and their judgment, um, reasoning, impulsivity is often associated with that. Multitasking can become much more difficult. Concentration is often affected. Um, memory is affected, which is particularly important with, with women survivors of IPV. So, um, you know, the question of, well, they don't remember details, that often becomes something that's that's relevant. Um, organization becomes can become quite challenging. And again, that's important, particularly when paired with memory, in an IPV context, um, often you have you have police or uh, medical personnel saying, "Well, but they're not they're not telling me the story in a logical order, or they're leaving mm-hmm. out details, or why would somebody do these things that they say they've done? Why would you go back to someone who has hit you?" Um, because in many cases, that's where that brain injury piece is playing in. So. The ability to remember detail in a sequential order to make choices that make sense to someone who isn't brain injured, um, all of those things can become impaired with a a cognitive injury. Uh, We also would expect to see quite often reduced processing speed, communication challenges, and that's a big one. 
people's ability to take in information, process it, store it, and retrieve it while they're doing something else or while there's sensory input coming in from bright lights or too much background noise or any of those kinds of things, that can become really challenging. So if you put all those things together and you start to think about the kinds of things that women are expected to do when they're in that kind of environment, when they're experiencing intimate partner violence, it can become tremendously uh, difficult. One of the other things that we see in the cognitive challenges section that I think is really important in this group is an inability to read facial expressions, emotion on somebody else's face. So imagine that you don't see anger on someone else's face and recognize that that's what it is. It makes you really vulnerable. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It's a big problem. Um, so the second group that we expect to see often enough are psychological challenges. There's a very high rate of depression and anxiety within the traumatic brain injury community, much higher than the regular population. Uh, we have higher rates of suicidality. Anger management becomes often becomes a, a significant problem. We have what we call emotional lability. So it's kind of, it's what I call the roller coaster of emotions. Your emotions can, can go really high or really low very easily. The um, response to stimulus is often out of proportion and the kind of response that you have doesn't match up. So people with a brain injury will often laugh at something that is, is sad for others or or at inappropriate moments, um, they will say things out of context. Their ability to carry conversation is diff is is impaired. Um, so a lot of that can can take place as well. You can get really significant changes to personality. Um, many people experience um, they they like different foods. They like different um, hairstyles. They change their their clothing, they like they have a new favorite color, all kinds of little things like that, up to quite um, significant changes from people can go from an extrovert personality to an introvert, or vice versa, depending on on where the damage happens throughout the brain and how that manifests. Identity, how to learn about the new self and love who she is now, a journey twisted with trauma and hopefully surrounded by love and understanding. This friend of mine gave, sent me a vintage lens, and when I went out and took photos with it, a lot of people asked me, well, what is, you know, you know, about my vision? And I tried to describe that to them. And then when I went out and I took photos with this, I said, I saw this is as close as you're going to get as describing what my vision is like with a little bit of sharpness, even though it might be a little bit distorted in the center, all blurred out and dark around the edges. And also, it kind of represents the fog that you have in your brain. It's You have like this brain fog when you're trying to, um, that you're trying to sort through things. It gets a lot heavier when you get fatigued. And the only thing you can do is rest so that you can, because you'll get to a point where you just can't even think. And so I'm going to try to do an, an art show that is going to be called Revision um, to try to do a, help people understand kind of what it's like to have a brain injury. That is absolutely amazing. It, people can see life through your eyes. 
and to also to show that there's there you can still find beauty and grace you mm-hmm. can still you can still always but make something beautiful out of things some way Join us in episode 9, coming up next, when we go to the front lines. She's just escaped, hopefully for the last time. A woman fleeing violence with a head injury needs to rebuild. She needs to be understood. Where will she go? Where does she start? I'm Laura, and this is I Love You. Why are we doing this? Like, why is it, I can't help you because you're not in my catchment area, or I can't service you because you don't have the exact diagnosis that, you know, our agency takes. And I just kind of got lucky because I ended up working for some brain injury associations and in brain injury where we just didn't believe in barriers. And it was like, if somebody asks you for help, you figure out how to help them. Feeling motivated? Please help spread awareness by rating, reviewing, and subscribing to I Love You Today on Apple Podcasts. Your reviews raise our ranking and let others find us, the exact people I want to educate. I'm Laura, and this is I Love You.